Amen. Kids, have any of you kids not opened your gifts yet? There's a few. I thought we were the only bad parents up here, but there's a few. We've not opened our presents yet, and Miss Tammy, our piano player, said, oh, are you going to torture your kids? She said that to me last week. I'm like, no, but our, our family doesn't wake up that early. So I promised them, and I've promised you, I will be quick. I, we, uh, we want to rejoice together with family this Christmas, and we're so thankful. How many made it out last night to the Christmas Eve service? Amen. Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that awesome? About 1,200 people all got together. And do you know we raised $8,700 for the backpack program? Let me tell you, God is doing something in our schools. God is doing something in our community. God is doing something amongst our churches. And uh, the way that the door has opened up for us at Avery Trace to be able to bless these kids at Christmas time through Nancy Dalton and through our through all those that have been serving, and then for this group to desire to give to that. They'd never taken up an offering before but knew that need and uh, met that need. And um, I'll just tell you, um, Avery Trace, it costs about $250 a week, which we've got two churches that are helping with that. Cane Creek costs $500 a week, and they've got no help. And all of this money, I believe, is going toward Cane Creek. Uh, They've got the largest uh, set of kids that are in need, And the least amount of money coming in. And I was so thankful uh, that none of our churches support, not that we didn't support it, but that the money was going to a a school that our church wasn't supporting, um, to a a, a church, a school in need. So anyway, well, God bless you. We're glad you're here. Let's read the uh, Christmas story this morning. We've got the kids in here. Let's just have a good time this morning if we can. Luke chapter 2. Y'all got your Bibles? I'm going to put it up, up on the screen. But kids, get your Bibles out. You need to know where the Christmas story is. You look forward to Christmas every year, right? Yes? Kids, y'all are in here. Y'all can make some noise. I know your parents have threatened you with your life without getting to open presents. If you make a noise, you're not going to open you. No, I'm kidding. Make some noise in here. We're glad. This is a good time. You know, Jesus said, let the little children come. Amen. Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. Kids, have you ever wondered why he was born in Bethlehem? This is why Joseph had to go back and register where he was scheduled to be registered. He's from Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now, can you imagine? They're they're traveling to Bethlehem. She's nine months pregnant, and she's going to deliver on this trip. Riding a donkey, probably not very most, most comfortable situation. Amen. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Do you think God didn't know where the baby was going to be? Do you think he knew that there wasn't going to be a room in the inn? His plan was in place from day one. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And those who heard it marveled at the things that were, that were told by the shepherds, told, told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told them. Christmas time is a time of giving, is a time of presence. And you know what the first present of Christmas was? It was Jesus. And it was a present from God the Father. And it was literally the presence of God being given back to man. Jesus came as a man, just like you and me. Kids, just like you and me. You kids are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Jesus was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. What you're feeling like right now, he knows what that feels like. Jesus came to us as a human to be able to relate to us personally. Do you know that when, when heaven, the heavens and the earth were created, that God created man and woman, but that the Garden of Eden, that it was also created so that God could walk with them? It was always God's plan to be with us. It was always God's plan to talk to us. It was always God's plan to have a relationship. But what happened with the very first man and woman? They sinned. And there became a separation between man and God. They were removed from the Garden of Eden. There was curses on the land. All of a sudden there was pain. All of a sudden there was hard work. But God had a plan. And he started telling us right away that there's another one coming. God's plan was to set up altars to where we had bulls and goats, the blood of bulls and goats to atone for our sin. But God had a plan. It wasn't to keep having to kill those animals. He sent us the perfect lamb at Christmas time. That when that lamb's blood was shed, no more blood would need to be shed again. That it was man, it was God in the flesh. And when his blood atones for you, no other blood is ever needed again. Why? Because he was God, he was sinless, he sacrificed God the Father sacrificed his only son once and for all to pay your price. And can I tell you, it's been paid. The price has been paid. 
But I want you to know, Jesus was sent as a human into a family. He had a mom and a dad. They had struggles. As I said last night, the whole Christmas story began with struggles. Mary got pregnant outside of marriage. Looked like controversy. Didn't look like controversy. To the world, it was controversy, wasn't it? And then the baby wasn't born in a normal place. It was born in a manger, laid in a manger in a barn. And then as soon as the baby was born, they found out that Herod was trying to kill him. And they had to run. Now this is Jesus Christ, the mother of Jesus Christ, the father of Jesus Christ, having to walk through certain things. But I want you to know, God was with them. I want to encourage you this morning, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is with you. You know, when he sent us Jesus, he sent us Emmanuel, God with us. You may say, Pastor, but he's gone. He's gone up into heaven. You know what he is. Jesus in the flesh is gone. He is in heaven. He is in heaven talking to God right now about you. But he also sent one just like himself, the Holy Spirit, that we might have him with us everywhere we go. He had challenges. Jesus came as a human. He had temptations just like you. And I want you to know from the very beginning, Mary and Joseph had to walk according to God's word. They had to walk a walk of faith. And you know how faith comes? It says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, now faith is the substance. Can you all bring that up for me? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. How many of you hope for things? How many of you have hoped for things, kind of uh, material things, but they never came about? Or maybe you hoped for certain things and it just never happened. Well, when you hope according to faith, when you hope according to God's word, let me tell you, God is the substance of that faith. His word will prove true in your life. So why it's so important that we start to understand where is our hope and where does our hope come from? Our hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And when we hope in Christ, he fulfills that hope. Always. Why? Because the substance is not made in man. The substance is not made in the things of this earth. The substance is made of him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And did you know as a Christian, as one that walks with Christ, you know that's what you are. If you say you're a Christian, you're one that walks with Christ. I'm a Christ follower. It says that I cannot please God without faith. It's a pretty major statement. You want to be able to please God? Find out his word. Find out his word. Walk out his word. Do his word. A walk with God is a walk of hope. A walk with God is a walk of hope. Are you, have you walked in here this morning without any hope? Turn your heart to the Lord. A walk with God is a walk with a helper. You know the Holy Spirit, one of his, one of his uh, descriptions is the helper. He's here to help you. He's here to help you make decisions. He's here to protect you. He's here to keep you from falling into a pit. He's here to identify the enemy. But you know what else he's here for? To tell you what the Father is saying. 
Mary stood on what the father was saying. Joseph wanted to divorce his wife until he heard the father speak. Isn't that a good word? A walk with God is to walk with someone who is for us. We've just come out of Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me say it again. What problem could be bigger than God? There's not one. There's not one. But finally, a walk with God is a walk of victory. Can I tell you, I've read the last page of the book. Anybody read, read the end? We win. We win. How many of you like to cheat and read the last page? We win. A walk with God is a walk of victory. Doesn't mean we won't have struggles. Jesus had struggles. How do you think Mary felt when he came to see Jesus when Jesus was an adult and said, oh, wait a minute, go tell Jesus I'm here. And Jesus said, wait a minute. You're my brothers and sisters. You're my mom and dad. Those that follow my word, that's who's my family. How do you think mom reacted to that? Wait a minute, I'm the mother of Jesus. Jesus may not do things exactly like you think, but he'll always do it right. And he'll always do it in a way that benefits you, that blesses you, that protects you. Do you know when the word of God came, he, he gave provision, he gave the seed, he gave the room. What else did he give? He gave protection. He told them, hey, Herod's coming, you got to move. What else did he bring? He brought a savior. He brought a savior. Have you got? Oh, goodness gracious, she's beaming up here. And I can't say what it is, isn't that? I can? Are you sure? Yeah, I hear you. Well, my nephew has proposed to his fiance. <laughs> is he here? Well, then we can just talk about him, can't we? My nephew, Eli, we have been waiting. They've been dating for six years. And I'm telling you, I have been on his case forever. <laughs> Eli Akers, my nephew. And it's my mom and dad's 51st anniversary. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm going to close, but let me just tell you, Christmas time is a time of provision. You know, when Abraham was going up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham was standing on God's word. And he did not waver. And you know, as he was about to execute God's word, there was the provision. There was the ram. I want you to know that your provision has been made, and that provision is Jesus Christ. Your total price has been paid. But do you know what else came when Jesus came? Restoration of God and man. That separation that was created by sin is no longer there. The veil has been torn and we now have access back to the Father. God gave us His present. God gave us His presence to connect with us personally. If you don't know Jesus, right now is the time to receive the first present of Christmas. Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? 
Father, I just thank you for Christmas time, and Lord, what a time to receive Jesus Christ. Are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Today is the day. It's time to stop fighting. Stop fighting the way the world works. Stop fighting a losing battle and receive Jesus Christ. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is not anything that you've done that is so bad that Jesus Christ hasn't paid the price for. He has paid your price. It's time this morning to get free of that sin. It's time this morning to turn your heart to someone that will give you hope, to someone that will give you a future, that someone who holds the universe in the span of his hand. That's how big God is. Is that you? Kids, you may be here today and you may say, I've never been baptized. I've never asked Jesus into my heart. Adults, you may say the same thing. Is that you? I just want you with no one looking around just to slip your hand up and say, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Is that you this morning? I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Well, I want to give you a chance this morning to be prayed for. I want you to know we're here to pray with you this morning. Have you got a hurt in your life? Have you got family members that are hurting? Have you got family members that need Jesus and you want someone to pray with you? If you've got a health issue, if you've got a marriage issue or a job issue, we want to pray with you this morning. Let me tell you, it's time to receive the presence of God. It's time to receive the presence of God. Will you all stand up with me? Those that are ministering with me, will you all come on down here with me, please? And we're going to sing just a couple more songs, one more song, and we just want to pray with you this morning. As you come, amen.